Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and welcome to Master Leadership Through Crisis series, where we will connect with leaders worldwide to gain insights on important questions to help us navigate through rough waters. If you would like to participate as a guest, or if you have a question that you would like to ask a guest, go to masterleadership.org for more information. Bob Tede is passionate about helping leaders shift their paradigm from the pressure of having to have all the right answers to simply having a few of the right questions. Bob has been on the staff of Crew for 50 years and currently serves on the U.S. Leadership Development Team. Here's what you can expect to find on leadingwithquestions.com. Curated wisdom from leaders around the globe. Ideas to help you multiply your effectiveness times 10. Leadership book recommendations. Interviews with thought leaders, authors, and pastors. At Leading with Questions, you're invited to join the growing league of leaders who are shifting their focus from having all the answers to asking the right questions. Our interview will begin right after messages from our sponsors. Are you looking for a way to promote racial and social justice in your work setting, but aren't quite sure what to do or how? As a leader, you know there is more that can be done, but it seems overwhelming. If that describes you, join Dr. Jean Ladding and her expert team in the Pathfinders Membership Program. They provide you with knowledge and skills in a supportive community on how to champion change using work that is grounded in research. To learn more, go to leadingconsciously.com forward slash pathfinders or email info at leadingconsciously.com. Welcome, Bob Tede. How are you? Lily, I am fine. What a privilege to, to be on your podcast today. Well, we are privileged and happy that you've chosen to be on our podcast. Are you ready to pour into our listeners? I am excited about the opportunity. Great. Now, Bob, can you tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now? Well, Lily, I'd be delighted. You know, when I'm speaking, I always share that for most of my career, I was what I now call a benevolent dictator. You know, a lot of people would not admit that, but thank you. <laughs> Well, uh, it's part of my leadership journey. You know, I say benevolent dictator because the only paradigm of leadership that I knew was that a leader needed to direct. A leader needed to tell his or her staff what to do. And that was my only paradigm of leadership. Now, the benevolent part, I've got to give credit to my mother. I grew up in a family where my mother constantly said, Robert, say please. Robert, say thank you. And so uh, I use please and thank you. And in fact, Lily, you know, had you been on my team and done a great job, I would have not only affirmed you one-on-one -on -one at a staff meeting. I said, Lily, stand up. Gang, you need to know what Lily's done. 
Lily, thank you so much. But at the heart of my leadership, I thought the job of a leader was to tell. And then in 2006, I came across a book called Leading with Questions by Dr. Michael Marquardt. Mike has since become a friend, but at that point, I only knew him as the author of the book. But that book was a page turner, Lily, and it forever changed my paradigm of leadership. I saw another way. I saw a way that was far more effective, and that is great leaders ask great questions. And Lily, that started me on my journey. I was on the leadership development team. I started teaching out of that book. I put eight seminars together. I became known in our organization as the question guy. Fast forward a bit. In 2012, a colleague encouraged me to start a blog. Well, if you're going to start a blog, what are you going to blog on? And I thought, I don't want to do just another leadership blog. There's so many good ones already. And I asked a question of myself, was there a niche of leadership? And instantly I had the answer. The niche was I needed to do something with this question thing. And so in 2012, I launched my blog. And Lily, when you launch a blog, I know you know this, one of the first things that you have to determine is what is the blog going to be called and then you have to check out to see if that website name is available and i typed in the name of dr mark court's book thinking that either the publisher or the author would have tied it up but leadingwithquestions.com was available at baseline price so i grabbed it and and i started blogging and lily fast forward Today, my blog is followed by leaders in over 190 countries, and I've also written three free ebooks, all of which are available on my blog, leadingwithquestions.com, for free. And they're also available beside English in Spanish, in French, and in uh, simplified and traditional Chinese, and soon Portuguese and Polish. That's um, awesome. That started my journey, and you know, one of the things I share is that leadership is not so much about having all the right answers as it is about having some of the right questions. And when I share that with leaders, and if you grasp that, a huge burden rolls off. Because if you're a leader who thinks you need to have all the answers, the reality is none of us have all the answers. Lily, there were times when I was the benevolent dictator and I'd be asked something from my team and I didn't know, guess what I did? I made up an answer on the spot. Yeah. And they probably thought, he doesn't know, he just made that up. <laughs> but if you're a leader who understands, you don't need to have all the answers, just some of the questions. So imagine a staff member says, Bob or, or Lily, what do you think we should do about this? It is fair game to turn it around and say, wow, that's a great question. What do you think? And what else? And just knowing you don't have to have all the answers, but just some of the questions. Well, that's a bit of my uh, leadership journey, Lily. So where can we get in contact with you? Where can we get access to your books? Well, if you just simply go to leadingwithquestions.com, Right at the top, you'll see a link there. You can click on, they'll take you to the resources. 
and you enter your email address and you'll have access then to everything that's there. There's also several audio books that I did. I didn't do the Spanish audio books, but they were done by a wonderful friend and would love to invite anyone listening to come and access the free resources or to subscribe to the blog. It's free and you'll join the leaders in 190 nations on a uh, weekly basis, receive another dose of great questions, what I call turnkey ready questions that a leader can instantly turn around and ask colleagues, staff, clients, prospects, friends, or family. I love that you lead with questions. Your journey is very unique and interesting. The fact that you pivoted and it's never too late to pivot and change, right, Bob? That is absolutely right. And that's a good thing. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, it brings to mind several other things that we can do. It brings to mind coaching. Because I believe that in order to be a great leader, you have to also be a great coach. You've got to do both. And bringing questions to the forefront in coaching is important. That's what great coaches do. One of the things that I'm learning about questions currently is this climate that we're in where we're being triggered. And what I'm learning, Bob, is to speak into those triggers and ask questions for clarity so that we can honor each other despite our seeming polarity. We're still human beings and that connects us. What do you think about that? Well, Lily, that is absolutely so wise. I see so many situations and you do too. You could think of demonstrators yelling at police and vice versa. And you just wish you could take three or four from each side to coffee and sit and just hear from each other, but in a civil manner and to learn, understand, clarify. It doesn't mean you have to agree, but just to listen honors. And I find that when we sit and listen, we actually learn some things, but also that anger just kind of evaporates. And it's not that we may leave all in agreement, but we leave that conversation realizing they're a human being just like I am. And uh, it changes the atmosphere. The work that you do is incredibly important. And so at the time of this interview, we're hopefully at the tail end of the COVID-19 pandemic. We don't know, right? That's a question. (laughs) So Bob, what quotes, advice, or practice has helped you most during crisis? Well, again, that's a fabulous question. You know, if I was the podcast host, I'd like to learn from you on the same question. But not long ago, one of my colleagues was just sharing that he'd just gotten off a Zoom call with his team. And he said, today I asked them, and he shared the question he asked, and I went, wait a minute, give me that question again. I said, that's an incredible question. And in fact, uh, two or three days later, Again, with his permission and honoring that he was the source of the question, I did a special blog post with this question. And here was his question, but Lily, imagine this. It's easy to imagine. You're on a Zoom call with your team, and you're seeing where they're all at. They're all in their home somewhere. Imagine there's even one staff member. They're on a card table in a walk-in closet because it's the only place they could get to be isolated but maybe they're in a back bedroom. Maybe they're at the kitchen table 
And uh, here was the question my colleague asked. He said, when you walk out that door, now he didn't mean the door of your house to go outside, but the door of, you know, that back bedroom, the door of that closet, even if there isn't a door, you're at the kitchen table. But when you leave the space you're in, when you walk out that door, what are you walking into? And what he so wisely recognized is that people are not experiencing just one crisis, but there's multiple crises. They may be walking out the door into a difficult spouse, or they may be walking out the door and the spouse has been laid off, and so there's actually a financial crisis. Or uh, what so many are experiencing is uh, kind of a child care crisis. They may have a little one that they're trying to bounce on their knee who's age two, the child care center isn't open anymore, and yet they're having to work and take care of this child. Or there's many parents who had no intention to be a homeschool parent, and even though school is online, the children require lots of attention and help to get online, to be there. And so there's many crises. And Mark just said, as the staff answered, You know, one observation is nothing changed as a result of them answering. Their situation was still the same. But he said it seemed like all of them felt lighter. And all of them felt like, wow, I'm on a great team because we actually care about each other. His name is Mark Rudder. I said, Mark, that is an incredible question. That's not the only time that Mark wasn't one and done. But he gives his staff an experience that he really cares about them beyond just what are they doing to get work done. And consequently, I feel like, wow, there's loyalty there on the part of his staff. They love being a part of that team where they feel cared for. They also feel understood. They also feel like Mark understands their situation, values, and and puts that together. To do that on a Zoom call, is very important and it's not easy. And this is something that we can practice on our Zoom calls because people need to see and hear that we care. Hey leaders, stay tuned for the rest of the interview following this brief message. Did you know there's an island in the Mediterranean where the cost of living is a fraction of where you live now? Where the property value is one third of any other Mediterranean country? where you can swim in the cleanest waters in Europe, where you can enjoy 300 days per year of sunshine, eat organic food, live in one of the safest countries in the world while being surrounded by breathtaking sea and mountain views. Welcome to North Cyprus. The amazing quality of life on the island of Cyprus has been known for many centuries. Many come to Cyprus today to invest in a booming property market. Win Campus is a unique concept where growth-minded individuals come together to focus on optimal health, collaboration, business growth, and building a lifelong community like you've never experienced before. Investments start at 77,000, 30% down, and no interest payment plan. To learn more, schedule a discovery call at masterleadership.org forward slash travel and learn about investing in a place where you come alive. If you want to make money and change lives by selling your knowledge online, 
do not launch an online course. Only 6% of those are ever completed. Create instead your own branded app and launch the ultimate learning experience that sells. Passion.io is a drag and drop platform where you create interactive content to sell using your own branded app. Forget any tech hassles. You deserve a platform that makes it easy. You can move your existing clients, you can reach new clients, or you can even swap your online course for something that actually works. Delight clients with downloadable and even live content. You can trigger instant action using push notifications, generate more revenue with single touch payment, and you can stream across all devices. Best yet, try it for free for 14 days. Go to masterleadership.org forward slash passion and get started today. Going another direction, you know, one of the things, and Lily, I know you know this because you're so good at asking questions. It's important to consider what we're asking because whatever we ask about will focus the attention of our team or whoever we're asking on what we're asking. And in a crisis, Yes, it's really important to be in touch with what is the reality, what is the challenges, understand, empathize with what people are going through. But kind of on the other end of the spectrum, we could stay there and just ask questions about how difficult is this time for you? How impossible is it to get work done? And just ask the negative questions. And another question that I love, but we got to give a little context to this. When Winston Churchill became prime minister of Great Britain, he was only six weeks into office when the Nazis overran France, and France was occupied by the Nazis. Certainly the fear was that Great Britain was the next target. And so he's only six weeks into office and he addresses the parliament and what has become known as the finest hour speech. And he said, you know, may it be said even a thousand years from now that this was their finest hour. Well, with that kind of his context, a question I love to ask is given the crisis, given COVID-19, what could we do to make this our finest hour? And I find, Lily, that when you ask a question like that, it lifts their eyes up and they begin to think, wow, what could we do in the midst of this crisis that would make this our finest hour? And when a team wraps around that kind of question and comes up with a plan, there's enthusiasm. It's like, yes. You know, in spite of all that's going on, what could we do to serve our clients in a way that would make this our finest hour? And it inspires people to think beyond just the circumstance. And I'm sure there's other questions, Lily, but it's what are the questions we can use that will focus our staff to lift their spirits up and to focus on something outside themselves that will actually inspire them to great things? I love how you couple those questions because the first one makes me feel safe. You've disarmed me yes. <laughs> with your compassion and your love and your caring. And then the second one gives me vision and hope. So very well put together. So you're pretty wise. <laughs> 
All right. So Bob, as a lifelong learner, what are you learning right now? You know, I guess it's just a continuation. I don't know that I have a new thought here, but that my friend Andrew Sobol, who's author of Power Questions, but in his book, he said, telling creates resistance, but asking creates relationships. Even though I've been involved in leading with questions with intention for eight years, I'm still marvel almost every day how much more effective it is to ask a question than it is to tell somebody what they ought to do. Even when your heart is kind and you're just wanting to help them, it's still way more effective to say, Lily, what do you think? And then listen. I guess another thing that I'm learning is the listening part. As I share, you know, if you have no intention of listening, don't ask. (laughs) Because if you ask a question, it means you need to be willing to listen. Recently, I came across, and I've been applying this, it's the eight-second rule. Now, I know you're in the East, but I'll just chance this. Is there any sport you think of when you hear the term eight seconds? Basketball. Basketball. That's a fast sport. That's a fast sport. Well, you know, I grew up in ranch country, and I think of bull riding. (laughs) Okay. And the reason for eight seconds is for a qualified ride on a bull, you have to stay on eight seconds. And even if, you know, you've hardly ever watched it, but if you ever come across, you will quickly see that 80% of the bull riders get bucked off in eight seconds. You know, we can think of eight seconds as being such a short amount of time, but to a bull rider, it's an eternity. But here's what's interesting, is that most of us, when we ask a question, only wait two or three seconds for an answer. And if whoever we've asked the question doesn't answer in two or three seconds, we either re-ask the question, ask a different question, answer the question ourselves, or just move on. And Lily, here's the fascinating part. With no awareness that we've just done that. And so the eight-second rule is ask the question and then relax, keep comfortable eye contact, and count to yourself, 1,001, 1,002. Lily, sometimes I've gotten to 1,030. But here's the great thing. The longer the silence, the better the answer. And uh, so that's something that I'm in the process of learning. What I've just shared is easy to share. There are times I ask a question and I go, oops, I did it again. I only waited a few seconds. Well, you know, that's interesting because I've done what you would call mastermind groups. I call them master growth groups because some people are too much in their heads and I want them to focus on growing. And I've had situations where I ask a question and I've just kind of stepped back and then I've said, I'm okay with silence. And I just kind of stepped back and I've waited for that response. I've never consciously counted eight seconds, but I think that's a really great practice to be okay with silence. Just because you ask that question doesn't mean that people are processing that quickly. And if it's a deep question, it takes longer. That's certainly something to practice to count eight seconds at least. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? It sounds like the next step for you, Bob, is a podcast. I want to insert that in your mind and heart. (laughs) 
Oh, Lily, another day I need to ask you a bunch of questions like how'd you get started and, and what are I'll the be, great I'll... lessons you're learning and what do you recommend and all of that because you I are would, so well done. I would absolutely be happy to share that with you. So, Bob, when you think of leadership today, what most concerns you and what are you most hopeful about? Well, Lily, this won't surprise you. One of the things that concerns me is that there still are a lot of benevolent dictators out there. And some are not benevolent, by the way. <laughs> okay, some are not. And what encourages me is to see how many are switching to becoming leaders who lead with questions. And once somebody makes the switch, they so quickly feel affirmed. They begin to see the effectiveness Lily, when I'm speaking, I ask a really silly question. I say, if you were in a rowboat with your entire team and there were oars for everyone and the goal was to get to the other side of the lake as quick as possible, how many of them would you want to have row with you? Might it be all of them? Well, of course. And I say, okay, imagine that same team, but now you're around the conference table. And you're wanting to figure out the fastest way through a problem or the fastest way to take advantage of an opportunity. Why, as a leader, would you want to be the only one with your oar in the water? Only you figuring out, what do we do here? Pulling all that weight, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Why would you not want to get all their oars in the water by saying, team, what do you think we might do? And then listening. And I point out to leaders, You are not forced to go with something they say, but you're listening, you're hearing these ideas. And suddenly, Lily, I'll just imagine you're on my team and and Lily shares an idea. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, I hadn't thought of that. That's an incredible idea. And so, Lily, I not only thank you for the idea, I go one more step. I say, Lily, that's brilliant. Would you lead our team in executing on that idea? And now, as a leader, I've not only found a better idea than I had, you know, in this scenario, how motivated would you be to execute with all your might on your idea? I love that you add value and that you empower through that process. Yes. If you're my boss, I would certainly ask you, would you equip me? Because that's an important thing. Some people empowered, they'll add value, but then they don't give them the resources to be successful. That happens a lot in education. I would say to you, Bob, I would love to. Here are some resources that I need in order to be successful. Would you help me? Lily, you are so right. And if your boss doesn't ask, you need to ask that question. Now, I also want to say to bosses, though, when Lily says, sure, you ought to follow it with, well, Lily, what resources are you going to need from me or the team or anywhere else to do this? I'd raise my hand. Yes, Bob, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> That's the reason a leader who leads with questions ends up being three to 10 times more effective. They're hearing better ideas. And then they're empowering the staff that have those ideas to execute on their ideas and now you've got tigers that are just yeah ready to go love it okay bob we come to a, a place where you get to choose either you can respond to a question from a former guest or you can share a challenge a struggle or a failure that you learned from 
Mm. I love questions, so let me <laughs> respond to a question from a guest. I knew you would do that. <laughs> okay, so we have a question from Jake Kelfer. I just interviewed him. He's a 27-year-old with wisdom. I tell him he's an anomaly. So here's the question that he has for you. How do you consistently pursue your definition of success while at the same time enjoy your journey of life? Well, as you say, Lily, that is a great question. And if Jake was present, I just want to tell you, I always follow a question by asking a question. And that question would be, Jake, tell me more. And it allows me to better understand exactly what Jake meant. Not that his question is a bad one. I'm just saying I found that following a question with please tell me more in so many situations has allowed me to actually give a better answer because I more fully understand. I, yeah. I think that's a really wise question. You know, I am in such a good spot in my life right now because when I made this switch from having to have all the answers to just some of the questions, it's like I know that asking questions of people helps them grow. It affirms them. Here's a quote. Being heard is so close to being loved that they're almost indistinguishable. And that was David Augsburger. Being heard is so close to being loved that they're almost indistinguishable. And so back to Jake's question, just pursuing, asking and listening, really listening, and not listening just to respond, but listening to understand. I find that that's something I really enjoy and enjoy more and more. And because I'm not in the pressured position of having to have the answer, but listening to their answer, I don't find the struggle or any tension between doing that and what I'm experiencing. So to you, it's the same thing, success and enjoying your life. It goes hand in hand. Yes, exactly. Perfect. Now, as a listener of this podcast, what is a question that you would like a future leadership guest to respond to? Well, this won't surprise you, Lily. <laughs> a question I like to ask leaders, there's actually two. Number one is, what is the value of questions in your leadership? And the second question is, and Lily, if there's time today, I'd love to have you answer this one. And that is, what is the greatest question you've ever been asked? I think these are great questions, very wise. Not many people ask me questions, but I'm going to respond to your question. The second one, what is the greatest question that you have ever been asked? And I would say, do you want to get well? Mm. If you've listened to my journey, there's been a lot. I've come a long way in my journey, but I started to shift in response to that question. Do you want to get well? because we can live in a space of complaining or we can live in a space of being a victim or this is what happened to me. And I always tell my story to give people hope. And yeah. so that question is a very, very important question to me. And one of the most powerful things that actually shifted my life. Wow. Well, Lily, I may indeed be back to you. A future book that I'm toying with is what is the greatest question you've ever been asked? And to get responses from 
different people around the globe, I think will be just absolutely fascinating, not only to hear what that question is, which is a great one that you just shared, but then to hear the story. And I know you have an incredible story that goes with that. Again, I'm likely to be back on that topic, Lily. (laughs) I love this. So Bob, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, Lily, again, thank you for another great question. You know, I'm thinking of the current post on my blog, which is a guest post. And in fact, it's a whole nother topic. 80% of the posts on my blog are actually guest posts. And this one's by Leah McLeod. And it's eight questions you should be asking your boss. And I know in this time where many people have been laid off and are pursuing new opportunities, something that's a bit counterintuitive. Whenever someone says to me, hey, Bob, on my way to a job interview, I always say, what questions are you going to ask? And many times they like, well, my job is to give great answers, not to ask questions. That's their job. And I share with them, obviously, you want to give great answers to their questions. But did you know that the interviewee who asks great questions actually gives the appearance to the interviewer or interview team as being brighter, wiser than one who just gives great answers. And so go into the interview prepared to ask some great questions, asking those questions that actually can separate you from the rest of the candidates. And so the blog today, eight questions you should be asking your boss are some of the questions that you may find very helpful. Wow, what a great way to end this. And again, in order to connect with Bob, leadingwithquestions.com. Bob, I want to thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. It's been a great conversation. Lily, it's been a privilege. You ask great questions. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Thank you so much. That means so much coming from you. Have a fantastic day. My pleasure. Bye-bye. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.